Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. So good. What did you want to start with? We've been sharing lots of articles the last couple of days. Um, I liked your your one on the wrong argument for a four four hour workday. Yeah, we could start there. Yeah, I think the four hour work week has kind of had a bit of a resurgence. There's new trials coming out across the world. Different countries are kind of piloting new four four day work week tests, specifically ones. I think for the most part that are 32 hour weeks. So that's kind of the unique part of that. Um, not trying to fit 40 hours into four days, but 32 hours across four days. But there was um, an article published last year talking about why productivity isn't the best argument for a four day work week. So when we see the four-day work week kind of studies come out, they often show that productivity increases, which is interesting, right? Because people have less time to do things. But I think fundamentally, we could also consider, and this is what the the opinion article, you know, discusses is that, um, you know, does it have to be about just productivity? Can we talk about people, you know, people's uh, right to leisure time and, you know, having more, getting more enjoyment out of their lives and um, kind of like it's better for us as a society, not necessarily that it's always about productivity. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I actually quite liked about the article you sent is that it's about people being whole people. Um, And we just had a four day, four day break um, because of the Jubilee weekend. And it's been quite weird coming back to, to Monday because I actually, for the first time, okay, that's not true. Um, Thursday, I actually ended up working most of the day. I was supposed to take Thursday off, but I ended up working. Um, but Friday was the first time I actually refused to look at my email. And except for one phone call that I had to take because it was urgent, I didn't touch email. I didn't touch Teams. I didn't look at WhatsApp, work, any of the work groups. Um, and I found that we had such a good weekend as a family. Because I wasn't always thinking about, the, you know, there's always something to do at work. Uh, and if something did pop up, uh, um, I just put a reminder in my phone. And it's all popped up Monday morning, 8 o'clock. And I've got a dozen or so reminders uh, of things that I've thought about to, to look at for the week. And I think that's one of the things, as much as I say the whole, the, the whole person, I still think you are productive because you are still going to think about work. The interesting thing is when you when you when you're relaxing and you're thinking about work, you are far more strategic about what you're thinking about because you're letting your mind ruminate on the problem you're trying to solve. Uh, you're joining dots together. You're thinking about stuff you've forgotten that you said you would do that you haven't done, and it's probably on a task list somewhere. So it hasn't been forgotten. It's just not front and front and center. Um, and and some of the things sometimes I think that the benefit of that is. Is figuring out the optimized way of looking at something. So we all know that you know if you if you want to tackle something, that there's going to be a good order to tackling it. You know, it's not always 
A, B, and C. Sometimes it's to do C first, then A, then B, because that actually gives you a, a better result. Uh, all your dependencies are, are um, you know, force you to do that. Um, so, so I'm very, I would say very for, for a shorter week, uh, but I'm very, I'm very for the ability to have free time to think in a stress-free way so that you're not just reacting to all the fires in front of you. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point around just the opportunity to reflect and that that's not necessarily built into work schedules that are often just fully packed, right, between meetings and projects and chats and everything else. It's really hard to carve out time to think. Um which makes me think of another element of what we need to consider with the four-day work week that I haven't seen brought up in any of these articles, but I think naturally, right, if you're going to condense work into four days, you have to reconsider the number of meetings on your calendar. You have to reconsider maybe the number of projects or responsibilities that a person is given because it's interesting, I think, you know, we often see the example of, well, I just cut out all the time I spent scrolling social media and it was fine. And I magically did all of my work in those four days. But I don't think that's the universal um, kind of experience. <laughs> I know if I cut out my you know, Instagram time, I would not be left with eight hours to fill. So, um, or yeah, I wouldn't cut eight hours out of my work week. Um, so I just think that there's, there's like the time component that kind of gets taken for granted in these conversations that it, it does mean that some people or some roles wouldn't be able to do the same amount of things that they do every week unless unless you could cut meetings or somehow unlock new efficiencies. I think it'd be tough for every role to be truly more productive, but I think that's okay in the grand scheme of things because as you say, there are other benefits, right? Like thinking more strategically, creatively, um, and just being less burnt out and happier. So maybe more likely to stay with the company over the long term. It's not all just about output um, in a given week. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if I think about it from from a parenting point of view, um, and and I, you know, we've joked about it as parents. You know, we didn't realize how much time we wasted until we had one kid. Um, and then we real, didn't realize how much time we wasted until we had two kids. Because, you know, you're always on the go. And my wife's been ill this week, so it's, I've, you know, I've done a lot more stuff than I normally would because it's one of me doing two people's things, really. And I think what, what it teaches you, and I think, you know, being a parent is a good thing for this, is it teaches you to be ruthless with your time. Um... And I think we've talked about the six-hour rule. You can only really be six, productive, productive for six hours a day. Um, the rest of the time is going to be not as good as that six hours. Let's say. I think that comes out out um, in in um, deep work. Um, but you can most times get all your work done for a day in six hours if you if you just knuckle down and you're not distracted and, and whatever. And I think this is where technology has hurt us. And the pandemic has exacerbated this, 
as you've almost technology has almost helped us to go into more and more back-to-back meetings um, than to actually make us more and more productive. Uh, and I'm not saying meetings are necessarily always bad. Um, I think there's a, there's a time and a place for them. Um, I was actually talking to one of my, my team members before this call, and we were discussing how she was away for two weeks, and she didn't let anybody know for those meetings that she ran what to do in those meetings. So, you know, people are adults and they can get on with it, so people would attend the meetings or would cancel the meeting. But, you know, if you're away for two weeks, that's a very good sign of of how much you have shared collaboratively to allow people to carry on without you. You know, it's, not, it's not about being expendable, but it is about saying, well, if I'm not here, this stuff should carry on without me. I shouldn't be the bottleneck. Um, and I think if you now look at the complications of a 32-hour work week or a 40-hour, you know, moving down to four days, because my, my, my cousin works four days a week, and she just works long days to make up for the fifth day. Um, but there's got to be overlaps. And in order for those overlaps to work, there needs to be better communication and, and the systems need to cater for, for those overlaps um, because you're still going to have people working a, a five, you know, there's still going to be customers coming in five days a week, six days a week in some cases. And if you look at how shift work works, that's why shifts are shifts because you need to always have continuous cover. Um, so I think it's a, it's, a, it's a possible thing, but it does change the dynamic for a lot of businesses. Um, and I, and I think 32 hours is like a minimum. I don't think it's the I don't think it's the max. Uh, there's still going to be people that are going to put in more hours um, because they want to, um, or they have to, you know, based on the project and the, the position that's in, or something like that. Yeah, I'd be curious the average across corporate America, how close it is to 40. I would, I have a suspicion it would be higher than that. I, don't, I feel like. Working 40 hours itself sometimes feels like it would be a luxury. Um, but well, I had to laugh at, um, yeah. you saw the stuff with Elon Musk and his, his demanding that his staff work 40 hours in, in the office that they are supposed to be in, not, not a sellout office. Now, it's very easy to, to criticize what he's saying um, without actually understanding how their business operates. You know, if you're, if you're a factory building things, your exec should be run the factory, should be in that factory, uh, I would agree, you know, a couple of hours a day. Not necessarily 40 hours a day, 40 hours a week, but, you know, whatever it is. They need to understand what, what their guys are going through so that they can make the right decisions. But if you're a, um, you know, we're a software house, um, we talk all day long about stuff. We look at stuff all the time on shared screens. Very rarely... Where I believe it would, if being in a room would make things work any quicker, um, and and if and I was actually listening to something the other day about how brainstorming actually doesn't work, um, and the reason why brainstorming doesn't work is because 99% of people that come to a brainstorming session come in unprepared with no ideas, and the person with the strongest views tends to own the meeting or get their idea through, and all you've done is waste five people's time, 10 people's time, whatever it is, for them to just agree with the idea. Now, if you want to do effective brainstorming, what you need to do is basically tell everyone to carve out an hour, go think about the problem, come up with five solutions, and then meet with, together and go through all five solutions or three solutions or whatever it is, and 
have a set, set of criteria and be objective about it and basically pick the one that, that meets the criteria the best, um, which is not a brainstorming session. That's a prioritization discussion um, or, or a filtering thing, which, which to me makes a lot more sense. Um, and if you look at the likes of, of Amazon and Apple and those guys, that's how they do it. Um, you know, there's, there's no, they don't, you know, Steve Jobs drove a lot of things, but he, he would do it a certain way that there was accountability and ownership of the idea by someone in the team. Uh, and each one have, each would come with their own ideas and then they would pick the idea that that owner would run it through to the end, but they had other ideas to compare it to. Yeah, and unbiased ideas. Um, I think it's. A good, I think it's a. You know, again, collaboration and, and communication is is the biggest thing to all of this. The tools, the technology, just helps that. Mm. That's an interesting thought about brainstorming. I think it's so. It depends. <laughs> if you have, it depends if you have what it is, and if you have multiple people with who will have opinions on it. You can have a good discussion, but sometimes it, it can be, yeah, whoever has the loudest voice in the room. But I think also things well, like whiteboarding techniques and different like exercises to get people kind of in the headspace can help. Well, look, if, if everyone comes in cold and no one knows what the problem is, mm-hmm. then sure, then you, you'll probably have exactly the same result because everyone's coming clear. But then it's going to come again to who's got strong personalities, who who is the uh, what's you know a lot of people fall into the structural issues of oh that's my boss I can't argue with my boss or that person's important so I can't argue with them, um, all those things. So you got to you know those are things to watch out for. Um, but you also have will have people in a room that might have the answer, might have the idea, but they don't like talking in a public place. So they don't say anything and they sit there for 45 minutes, you know, maybe chipping in with, with one or two little thoughts that are, that, are, that are safe. And what you really want for them is to take a risk and give you the um, what they really think. Uh, and then you find out, and I've had this happen so many times in my career, where you, you're three months down the road and then this person pulls you aside and says, listen, this is never going to work. This is what I think we should have done. And I, I meant to tell you this three months ago, but, you know, I've just – I just wasn't comfortable. And then you're like, holy crap, if I'd known this stuff, we would have done it this way to begin with, and we would have saved ourselves all this pain. Um, and it's just learning your team and, and how they work. And that's why I think, you know, you've got to you've got to give people time to think and prepare. And, and the, 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 um, the method that I think Amazon uses, what was it called? PRFAQ. Um, if you want to bring in an idea, you have to write a PRFAQ, which is a press release, and the FAQs for your for your idea, you know. So how would you go to market with this? And then what are the common questions? What are the common answers? You've got to write that up before you even have the meeting, and that's got to be shared out with everyone. And then and then when you get to the meeting, everyone has to read the PR FAQ for 15 minutes before you actually start the meeting to make sure everyone's read it. Um, and then everyone's on the same page, and then you could debate it and argue. And I think if you do stuff like that, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. Yeah, I agree. That sounds kind of fun, actually. Uh, pitching your own idea in that way. Fun to me. But again, that'd be something that if we had uh, a four-day work week and then three days off to kind of think, I feel like more of that would come forward. Um, for myself, at least, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's the point. I mean, if you if you can take that day off, uh, and I try to, I try and I've been trying to, but it hasn't worked this this last couple of weeks. I've been trying to make Fridays my day like that, where I don't have any meetings, and I can think about stuff. And you know, I'm sitting at home and I'm doing stuff. I'm, I'm still working, but I'm I'm trying not to be distracted by other people's emergencies. Um, and and that's not as easy all the time. I'm like, I was looking at my Friday nights; it's, it's jam packed because I'm out an event tomorrow. Um, but that's a self discipline. That's not a company accepted method. Um, and and your your problem with these sorts of things, especially when you're dealing with customers, is you might be working to a four day, per, you know, jam packed week, and then the fifth day is your your admin day. But your customers may work a five-day week, and every day is up for grabs, and they want to meet with you on a Friday. So, so you, you're constantly eroding your own time for that stuff. So you've got to find it. And I was up there in the morning about three o'clock, and that was like the best that best morning because I worked from like three or more three a.m. to like seven, and it was just quiet, and I could just do my own thing. And by the time everyone else was waking up in the house, I was like a hundred miles an hour, you know, going. <laughs> Problem with, problem with that is that you're 100 miles an hour and everyone else is still waking up, so they're like 20 miles an hour. So you got to you got to watch for that too. Yeah, that's interesting about the when you are trying to carve out your own work style versus anything that's sort of structured by the organization or the customers you work with. It does make it so that you are you're kind of running your own little experiments to see you know, what works best for how you work, which everyone is unique, right? Everyone needs to figure out what works best for them. But if you don't have any, like, you know, company-wide, no meeting days or, uh, you know, policies around the number of meetings per week or, I guess, etiquette around messaging at certain times or anything like that, then everyone's just kind of left to their own devices. And it is, it's hard to protect your time because you don't have this kind of, like, social contract around, um, you know, acceptable boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we should, we should find someone to talk to from, um, who works in France because I have long been fascinated by their, um, you know, the way they, uh, put into law the, um, not, uh, being able to answer emails and work, more than their um their work day like the strictness of that yeah um i'm asking but we haven't done many guests this year uh for for various reasons um but uh yeah i'll, I'll have a look around and see maybe we get someone that's been on before uh, to come and tell us how things have changed since we last spoke to them and um get their insight to that It'd be very interesting. Was there was there anything else you wanted to chat about today? Uh, there was some interesting stuff. Um, the return of the Sunday scaries. Um, I thought that was just a funny article uh, in some some respects. Um, you know, specifically with this this four hour uh, this four day weekend that we just had in the UK, and and the anxiety of people coming back to work on a Monday. Um, we used to call it, uh, and it's in Afrikaans, uh, swakar, which is bad, bad hour, like seven o'clock at night. 
uh, there's, a, there's a TV show called Carte Blanche, which is like an investigative news show. Um, and it's basically depressing because they just go and find out all this corruption and whatever, and you just you just really don't want to know about it. But but anyway, that was always the sign um, that it was the end of the weekend. Um, and then because it was the end of the weekend, um, you knew work, you knew the school or work was starting the next day. And um, they, they talk about it in this article. It, it normally hits you at three fifty nine on a Sunday. Basically, this daunting feeling that it's the end of the weekend. Um, and I suppose that's because this, you know, usually the uh, you got kids, you got to get them fed and bathed and all the rest of it, and you just know it's the and you start thinking about work stuff more predominantly because now you you got to be at work the next day. I thought that was quite a funny, um, not funny, but a, but a, but an interesting article nonetheless. Yeah, the Sunday scaries will get you. Um, it does yeah. make me think <laughs> in terms of the four day work week. Um, I think we've mostly been talking like the, like you're having a three day weekend, right? I think that's the most common um, format that people kind of gravitate towards you to take Friday or Monday off. But there are four day work weeks where people take a day off kind of in between. They split their week. Um, so you don't get the benefit of like another day without Sunday scaries. Um, but I guess you get more coverage kind of if your business needs to not have you know everyone off three days in a row you could split it up that way <laughs> but then your yeah. one day off is kind of like a default sunday <laughs> because you never get to fully relax because you always have to work the next day yeah and it's, an, it's an interesting one because um if you think about the the shifting of those days I mean, I think it's still going to be a Monday to Friday. I think you'd still have the weekend as the weekend because, you know, socially it would be very difficult to move everyone to another. I mean, I think they're moving the UAE, they're moving them to a, um, to Monday to Friday now as well, uh, as opposed to being a, uh, a Sunday to Thursday, um, which is what they were before. Um but you've got to you've got to have something that overlaps, and I think it's just really about coverage. Um, I mean, you could, in theory, work if you work six hours a day for five days. That's only thirty hours of working. But if people take lunch breaks and they and they commute and all that stuff, do you count all those things as part of those days, or those hours, or is that is that excluded? Um, or if you add it together, all of it, then you've actually got more than a working hour week anyway. Yeah. Um, I think in the U.S. it's largely excluded, but um, we are known for not taking our our vacation time and (laughs) working too much. Well, I mean, that's, you know, they were saying that that we should, the, the, the U.K. has eight public holidays a year on average, but most countries have 12. So they want to. The unions are trying to push for for twelve for the extra, for the extra four. Um, wow. South Africa has them, and and I, to be honest, I think the technology now exists that to 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 the extent that and and companies can globalize so much easier because of the technology. Why can't you do that? Why why not have the because the holidays are important, you know, to celebrate things. I mean, South Africa has lots of them for for, for lots of various reasons. But this jubilee, for example, you know, having the extra holiday, you know, people were happy. 
Um, and it's not because they weren't working per se, but it's because they've got time to spend time with other people. Um, and I think that's what, what, what I think we need more of is, is the social aspects because it makes, the, it makes your work better. If you're slogging every day and you know, looking at screens all day long, you don't build any relationships with anybody per se, uh, unless you met them in person beforehand or, or during that process. Um, because there's always, there's always a, a, a barrier, you know, physically between you and that person because it's a screen. Um, so I think it would be good. And then, you know, if, if one country's on holiday, like we were on holiday for two days last week, but the US weren't on holiday, India wasn't on holiday, Ireland wasn't on holiday, South Africa wasn't on holiday, the work still happens. There's still people to pick up the, the coverage. Um, and then vice versa, you know, if, if, if we're not on holiday and someone else is, we pick up the slack and it all balances out in, in the long run. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty funny to talk about, <laughs> think about the UK needing more bank holidays um, because I feel like we have, and the joke in the US is that, you know, the UK folks are always away on bank holidays. Um, <laughs> So it's all relative, I guess, but, well, uh, yeah. Well it, well, it is. I mean, if I, you know, South Africa, you know, if you look at April, that's like 12 holidays or something silly like that. Or, you know, Easter weekend, you've got two or three public holidays for whatever reason. Uh, and, and there they don't map them to weekends. They map them in the middle of the week. So you can have like a Wednesday or a Thursday holiday and a Friday is a workday, which most people take off anyway. So now you've got a four-day, uh, you know, it's a two-day work week and, and a seven-day, a five-day holiday. Um, so I mean, it's yeah, it is all, I guess it is all relative. Um, but I think the point is for me is is whatever the whatever the contractual number of hours is that you've got to have, you've you've got the ability with the technology to deliver an output. So it should be results orientated. And if you decide mm-hmm. to do in thirty two hours or thirty hours or th- or fifty hours, shouldn't matter. Just get it, just get it done. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it too. How you, what you decide to do with the time that you have, um, but then also the ability to um, protect your time against too many meetings. So. Exactly, exactly. And on that topic, I have a meeting. Okay. <laughs> As I'm sure you do, or, or you're coming to. Uh, yes. I will set to. I'm not. A, I'm not around Thursday. I think Did I cancel Thursday with you. Can't remember. Um, We'll chat a bit later. Okay, sounds good. Cool. Take care. Thanks, Heather. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.